everybody. Today we'll be talking about the ancient form of rope bondage. In other words, we can call this shibari. Now, if anybody has looked on BDSM a few times, I'm pretty sure in one form or another, you have seen some guy with a rope or some lady with a rope and she's tying the heck out of somebody and enjoying it a lot. Now, you're probably wondering, how would you define shibari? Well, it basically means a contemporary meaning of simply tying, a means to tie. In an artistic, Jap, ancient Japanese artistic form of rope bondage. Now, you could say that the origin of shibari came from hojo jutsu, the martial art of means of restraining their captives. People trying to flee, run away, hold them down, stay down, that kind of thing. Now, in Japan from 1400 to 1700, they a lot of times use this as a form of imprisonment and torture. Fun, fun times, I'm sure. Um, now, the honor of these warriors to treat the prisoners well, you know, you do what you gotta do. So, they would use different techniques to capture the prisoners, you know, showing honor status to certain prisoners of wherever they're trying to go for and how the definitely style they want to go. Now, in the late 1800s, and sometimes early 1900s, um, a new form of erotic ho- hojojutsu came out called kimbaku, a form of erotic bondage. Now, in the West, um, the art of erotic bondage can be called shibari, or like an erotic spirituality, not a martial arts. Although I have heard a few people talking about a form of sexual kung fu sometimes, but I might get into that someday. Not today, though. Not today. Um, now, the whole rigging thing is all about making patterns, different styles. It's, it is definitely a form of art. Personally, I love doing some of the rigging myself as a way of it's relaxing and freeing in a way. To watch those who you tie able to let go and to watch the patterns that form upon their bodies and not to mention the levels of restraint or other creative activities you can think of. It makes a world of difference. And also all the different ropes and the textures and the colors can provide, you know, contrast to the skin and the curves. Basically, you're the body is a way of a canvas. The rope is the paint, the brush, and the rigor is the artiste. Now, the aesthetic arrangement of ropes and knots on a body in a shibari type rigging can pretty much give sensuality, strength, vulnerability, and also, depending on where you go, can stimulate some pressure points on that body. Now, very similar to um, other acupuncture techniques in shiatsu, another form of Japanese massage. Some believe shibari experience can also stimulate key energy flow and transfer. Now, I will say, besides the whole beautiful patterns and looking pretty awesome and 
drawing, putting the rope on somebody who's willing to have that situation happening. Um, with rope body and limp placements, it can also cause some, as we already know, physiological, uh, psychological conditions and even physiological conditions. Like subspace, top space, I've already talked about that in some of my earlier podcasts. You can always go scroll down and check those out, but um, almost kind of like getting a runner's high for those that enjoy the roping experience. Even cause a trance-like experience for the bottom model and adrenaline rush for the guy tying. And I have to say, when I do sometimes rig, it does give that adrenaline rush. It's it's really hard to describe. It really is, but it, it, at that part, it's definitely not a lie. It's it will get your mind in a way. Even the term "rope drunk" can describe the euphoric condition of sometimes some models who are enjoying that uh, shibari experience. Now, most practitioners of shibari. They kind of use rope, you know, to not go for the whole unwilling victim situation. Now, there are some that do like the whole force. They got a force kink, like, like kind of going that route. Or some role play, guy comes in, tie him up, or a girl. That, they got that going on there. So everybody got their own different kinks. Um, but it does have a visual beauty to it. Power exchange, helping with relaxation, along with other experiences. Now, I will say this is not, I guess for people who want to try this, I will recommend you definitely want to get your studying in or look to blogs, classes, YouTube, even if you want to go there, a lot of how-tos on how to get started in Shibari. Get certain, uh, get the right rope, find the right size that works for you, find somebody willing, or even find mannequins, chairs, or even practice on your own body. Like anything else, the more you practice, the easier it becomes till you become like a true rope uh, a rope artiste. The rope becomes a part of your body. Alright? Now, jute and hemp is a lot of times some of the more popular rope, by the way, for a lot of people. It's like usually comes sometimes seven to eight meters long, four to six millimeters thick, and can usually consist of three to smaller strands twisted together. Now, natural fiber ropes have more grip, a necessary quality. Shibari doesn't all have to use so many knots, and wrapping technique requires a rope to have a grip. You want to be able to tie the rope around wherever you're working with. You don't want anything slipping out. You're going to need a little bit of friction, a little bit of uh, something you can trust. Personally, I like using cotton rope. That that works for me. I am thinking about getting some, maybe some jute and hip someday, but... Cotton works pretty good for me for right now. Now, uh, when it comes to grip, they are the jute and hemp are better than the silk or synthetic, and they don't hold the uh, friction as well. Never got the silk one. Heard people say it feels pretty good, but never got it. But anyway, natural fiber ropes can also look better and have an unyielding tension that feels better for the bottom. Once again, jute and hemp might be treated before before use. You can kind of boil it to soften a little bit, dry the tension to keep the correct shape or send for flame to remove all the fuzzies. Not the good fuzzies, the bad fuzzies. Real fuzzies gotta go go. Um, so oiled is not dry. You can also buy raw, 
raw rope and you know take care of yourself or you can buy pre-treated now you can recommend getting pre-treated rope at first it can be fun to even buy and condition yourself in the future if you're okay with that now places you can go you can go to amazon.com uh, you can go on Etsy you can go all across the places online to find good quality rope when you need it um, S&M rope yeah I'm pretty sure you can look it up they got so many blogs and people actually can make the rope and depending on where you go may find a good deal um, but yes quality rope does matter uh, now often people wonder how do I care for my rope well sir you come to the right place you can leave knots and sometimes a little bit when you're getting done doing the thing and uh, whip the ends with some wax thread or make a complicated more knot. Uh, clean the rope. I guess if you have a cotton rope, you can clean it. You can wash and they can tell you the rest on there online. But for rope like uh, hemp and jute, it is not really recommended. It's just dry and singe and just oil it over time. Each time you repeat the process, though, it will weaken the rope fibers, which can be dangerous, and they can make your play unpredictable, like rolling the dice. And you don't want to lose on that dice roll. Now, the best way to have clean rope is to not get it dirty. Um, if you want to do crotch ties, I recommend getting a certain rope for that person and what and find what works for their body, or you know, using the synthetic. You go to washing machine. If your rope does get dry, you can try again jojoba oil, rub a few stuff on the palm, run the rope through your hands, bada bang, bada boom, and you're good to go. Now, if you're trying to figure out what you want to do for certain rope ties, um, once again, you are better off going on YouTube or blogs. They got certain for those star harness, zip snare, the knots. I mean, even a karate. I mean, they got so many of those online that they can give you the how-to and you can just watch it and you'll be okay. To be honest, I might be making some videos of my own to help people out on this because this sounds like a fun endeavor. But anyway. Another few good good tips also for safety is make sure that the bottom is not, you know, claustrophobic or panicky in rope. Uh, that obviously can cause an issue. Um, find out if you have any kind of physical injuries, um, any problems with flexibility, or anything that may cause pain. Pay attention to any tingling, numbness, um, coldness, or burning on in those limbs. You want to make sure that they are as safe as possible as rope can be taxing on the body, depending on how you want to go about it. I'm not even talking about suspension, because that's a whole other fun deal. It's probably not going to be the last podcast I do on rope, but I might get more of those on later next time. But anyway, you want, if you feel like you want to take a break off of the rope, you want to tell the top, it's okay. You say, I need a break, bada boom, let you, um, relax, get your mind together. That's, once again, the safety is very, very important. And most of the drilling rush and awesome rope and rigging and shibari is, yeah, that, that, that's, a, that's a big deal. Um, 
Also look at their hands, see the color of it, check on the temperature, uh, checking them also after things are done, see how they're doing mentally, physically, make sure that the bottom is communicating. Communication, once again, I emphasize, is key. If the bottom cannot speak, then you need to find another way to communicate. Do not leave them, you know, alone. Cause that, that would kind of suck. You guys doing this great Shabari act and you're like, okay, well, I think you're good. You good? All right, all right, all right. Good talk, good talk. You don't want to leave the bottomless hanging like that. Aftercare, once again, very important. You want to make sure you don't uh, to learn the basic anatomy, where a lot of muscle groups are, the nerve bundles, in order to tie there safely. If the bottom, once again, needs out of the rope ASAP, you want to be able to remove the ties calmly and smoothly as possible. Always pack some scissors. Once again, you can um, look up for good quality scissors or type you need. But be able to cut the rope quickly in case of emergencies if you're not able to do it yourself. Always have, once again, backup plan. Make sure you know, build the trust, and have support, and usually things go on a lot better for you. Um, so once again, I hope you all enjoyed this podcast today. I uh, will probably try to get into this another day, as Shabari is so big, there's so much to talk about. But today, I'm probably going to keep it pretty, eh, pretty chill, not too overkill. And may uh, continue this another day. Anyway, hope to hear from you another day. Oh, before I forget, don't um, I gotta say this. Don't forget to check out my link as well as I have a link for Amazon for those who are looking at buying their first bundles of rope. And I think it might suit your fancy. But anyway, enough of that shameless promotion. I hope you all have a good day, and until next time. Hello. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you have any kinky confessions, or like to let out any steamy or sexy stories you want me to read, then by all means, leave a voice message, or email me on the link on my bio. Or leave a message to me on Facebook, which is also on my podcast bio. And finally, if you want to get into rope for some bondage fun, that also is a link in my bio as well on Amazon that I think you might like. But finally, I hope you stick around because I really see this going in a way that might open your eyes a good bit. Until next time. <laughs>